Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I have always mourned the loss of my loved ones, and I have lost many in this mortal world. However... I know that more than most people, I know where they are now and what they're doing. I know how wonderful heaven is and I'm homesick for it every single day. That was Lori Vallow Daybell addressing the court at her sentencing. We break down some of the most compelling moments of the hearing, including emotional victim impact statements and some choice words from the judge. Welcome to Sidebar presented by Law and Crime, I'm Jesse Weber. Introducing the next generation of pepper spray. Meet Palm, a new maximum strength self-defense product with a patented modular design, revolutionizing the self-defense industry. Whether you're carrying the unit on your keys, snapping the unit on your backpack, your keychain, or carrying the unit in your pocket, Palm is the perfect everyday carry accessory. Palm's patented flip-top safety prevents any accidental misfire, and its maximum strength formula provides you with the necessary range and capacity to bring peace of mind to you and your loved ones. Quality, safety, performance, peace of mind. Learn more at palmpepperspray.com. Yes, as you just heard, that was Lori Vallow Daybell speaking to the court about her children that she was found guilty of killing. The 49-year-old Idaho mother was convicted by a jury of her peers of murdering and conspiring to murder her two children, 7-year-old J.J. Vallow and 16-year-old Tylee Ryan, and also the conspiracy to commit the murder of 49-year-old Tammy Daybell, the deceased wife of her husband and co-defendant, Chad Daybell. Now, while the bodies of her children were found on Chad's property, he's facing similar charges, by the way, he's going to be tried at a later date, Tammy, it was initially believed, died in her sleep from natural causes, but a further investigation revealed that she had been murdered, that she died by asphyxiation at the hands of another. Chad and Lori were apparently having an affair. They got married just two weeks after Tammy's death. That was an important piece of evidence in this case. And there was a ton of evidence, including recordings that were played throughout the trial, where Chad and Lori believed that they were spiritual beings and that people around them, such as J.J. and Tylee, were, quote, dark spirits. Now, ultimately, Lori Valadebel killed her own two children. And so far, it seems that she has shown no signs of remorse. Keep that in mind as we talk about her sentencing hearing. What punishment should she face? That's the question at this sentencing hearing. Well, on Monday, at this sentencing, a wave of emotions filled that courtroom. And that is because the victim impact statements were read aloud. Now, victim impact statements are the chance for people who are close to the victims to speak to the court about the loss that they suffered as a result of these crimes. The judge takes all of this into consideration to then determine the severity of the sentence. It's kind of a balancing test of weighing mitigating factors versus aggravating factors, and those statements are an important part. But also during sentencing hearings, the defendant has the option to speak to the court as well. Lori Vallow-Daybell, 
She did just that. And I got to say, I wasn't that surprised as to what she said. I just was so disturbed. Jesus knows me. And Jesus understands me. I mourn with all of you who mourn my children and Tammy. Jesus Christ knows the truth of what happened here. Jesus Christ knows that no one was murdered in this case. Accidental deaths happen. Suicides happen. Fatal side effects from medications happen. I have a different perspective in life because in 2002, when I was pregnant with Tylee, I died in the hospital while in labor with her. They tried to stop my labor. They put me on the table and they put something in my IV and I felt my spirit falling to the floor. I was standing near my pregnant body, watching the doctors try to revive me, which took them a few minutes. In that time, my sister Stacy was standing to my left. I turned to hug her and was surprised that her spirit was as tangible as a physical body because I knew I was in spirit and she was in spirit. She said she needed to show me some things and we went to heaven. I later returned to my body. Because of this experience, I have access to heaven and the spirit world. Since then, I have had many communications from people now living in heaven, including my children, Tylee Ashland and Joshua Jackson. Now, this is consistent with what we've learned about Lori during the course of this trial with her bizarre religious beliefs, very consistent with what she said to her son and sister on jailhouse phone calls, where it's almost like a religious justification for what happened to the kids and Tammy. But like she did on the calls and like she did here, she never outright says what happened to them, right? She talks about how this wasn't murder. And what was it? Was it an accident? What are we not understanding? What is she insinuating? Because as you'll hear from the rest of her statement, it sure sounds like heaven is a great place, but she claims that she's mourning. It's inconsistent because listen to what she says next. We chose to come to earth as mortals. Heaven is more wonderful than you can possibly imagine. I do not fear death, but I look forward to it. I, do not, I did not want to return to my body when I was out of it. Even though my son Colby, who I adored more than anything, was only six years old at the time, and I was about to give birth to this new baby girl that I wanted so badly. I was a young mother, and you would think I wouldn't want to leave my children, but as I stood in heaven, I did not want to go back. I thought they would be fine without me because I was peaceful, and I was happy, and I was home. But then I was told by Jesus that I needed to go back and complete things that I had covenanted or promised to do before I was born. This caused me a lot of distress because I knew heaven was my real home and I only wanted to be there. I was free from pain, emotional and physical. But then I was shown how I would help my children 
and others in the future. So ultimately, I did agree to go back to my body. Here's the truth. We may never get an answer as to why she did this. That's a real possibility. This may be the closest to that, though. Maybe a confession. You know, she talked about how Tylee was in pain at one point in her life. She was suffering uh, from pancreatitis. So was death a way to alleviate that pain? And when she talks about welcoming death and how great heaven is, it's maybe not only saying, well, it was my job to make sure the kids and Tammy reached heaven, but also maybe, should she be on suicide watch? I have to wonder if that's a consideration after what she's saying. But also, from a legal point of view, there is no insanity defense in Idaho. If there was, or this had occurred in a different state, I sure do wonder if a jury would have said she was insane. Because it seems like she really didn't appreciate what she did was wrong. She lives in this kind of warped world. Because if she's really believing what she's saying here, this is next level stuff. It's really hard to grasp. And then listen to what she says about the kids and what they're up to right now. One of the times that Tylee came to me as a spirit after she died, she said, she commanded me and she said to me, stop worrying, mom. We are fine. She knows how I worry and how I miss her. The first time JJ visited me after he passed away, he put his arm around me and he said to me, you didn't do anything wrong, mom. I love you. And I know you loved me every minute of my life. JJ, Joshua Jackson was an adult spirit. And he was very, very tall when he put his arm around me. He is busy. He is engaged. He has jobs that he does there. And he is happy where he is. His life was short, but JJ's life was meaningful. JJ was a wonderful person and touched the lives of everyone. And I adored him every minute of his life. My beautiful children, Tylee Ashlyn and Joshua Jackson, rest safely this day in the arms of Jesus. My wonderful friend, Tammy Daybell, rests safely this day in the arms of Jesus. And I look forward to the day when we are all reunited and I too will rest with them in the arms of my Jesus. That is so chilling. The spirits coming to visit her. Tammy is her friend. The kids are happy in heaven. Tell her not to worry. I've actually seen this similar kind of reasoning in cases of parents killing their children. It's frightening. It really is. But here's something to think of too. If she really believes that they're happier in heaven and heaven's the place to be, why did she marry Chad and look so happy in those wedding photos and vacationing in Hawaii? If earth is really this bad place, reality is so bad. I don't know. Does she really think that you know, she has to live to free other people? I, I can't begin to fathom this or understand this. I don't want to get into that world. It's just so disturbing. We heard, as I mentioned, victim impact statements. Again, the chance for loved ones to explain to the court the impact these deaths have had on their lives. And as I mentioned, 
Lori was found guilty for the conspiracy to commit the murder of Tammy Daybell, her co-defendant's lover's deceased wife. Throughout the trial, it became known that Lori was a serial liar and manipulator. And when Tammy Daybell's sister, Samantha Gwilliam, delivered her statement, that was something she heavily emphasized. We asked, what's her name? Lori Ryan. That was a lie. That was two husbands ago. So it was what I searched, what happened to your previous husband? We, she told us that he had died from a heart attack. Lie. He died from being shot. I asked, are there children? I was told we will be empty nesters. That's a lie. The police ask us about missing children. You answer, the children aren't missing. They're safe and happy. It's a lie. Your children, your poor children were dead and buried on Chad's property. And my sister was told was sick and her health was failing. Well, that was a lie. I had seen her with my own eyes two weeks prior. She was very healthy. We have to go through her being disinterred and having an autopsy done. Was glad to get some answers and some truth after so many lies. But to find out what we knew in our hearts all along, she'd been murdered by those who saw her as an obstacle to a plan. You planned her murder just as much as you planned the murders of your own children and your previous husband. Why? Why plan something so heinous? You could sit there and think, you've never met me and I don't know you. But I've always been able to tell when I am being lied to and you are a liar, an adulteress, and a murderer. Because of the choices you made, my family lost a beloved mother, sister, aunt, and daughter. She is irreplaceable. She was 1,000 times the woman you will ever dream of being. Because of the choices you made, we have been hounded by media and those who revel in all of the salacious scandal you have stirred up. Because of you and your desire to get what you want at any cost, my family has been ripped apart. And as you heard, these just aren't plain white lies. These are lies about very serious matters. A big theme in this case was how everyone was kept in the dark about these kids and Tammy and what Chad and Lori were up to. And just one more thing on Samantha Gwilliam. She also pointed out how her and Tammy's mother was battling leukemia and passed away last month in June after Lori was convicted. So while Tammy's mother got justice for her daughter in a way, Samantha made it clear to Lori about how the past four years took an emotional toll on the family. I mean, she would explain how this trial about the death of her daughter was the last thing her ailing mother had to live through. Just unthinkable. Now, we also heard from Tammy's aunt, Vicki Hoban, who broke down as she delivered her victim impact statement. She was taken from us by murdering thieves. Lori sits here convicted and prepped for prison. And let's be honest, the only question left is for how long. But Tammy was robbed of her entire life. And all of her family robbed of ever seeing her again. Never will she whisper a joke with a friend and laugh. Never see another sunrise or a sunset. Never smell fresh rain or see her grandchildren stomp through a mud puddle. 
remember to hear being called grandma or mom. Not another birthday, Christmas, birth of a grandchild, graduation from preschool, no seeing pictures of prom, first dates or weddings, no searching for something fun to do or growing a garden. Not an easy day, not an easy day. And in that vein, we also heard from a very notable figure in this case, J.J. Vallow's grandmother, Kay Woodcock. Her and Larry Woodcock, very outspoken in this case. If anybody's been following it, you know them. She addressed the court as well. Very emotional. After Lori's third husband, Charles Vallow, this is Kay's brother, after he was killed by Lori's brother, Alex Cox, in July of 2019, police originally ruled that as a self-defense, now Lori Vallow-Daybell is actually charged with conspiracy to commit his murder. Well, Kay and her husband, Larry, they became suspicious of Lori. They believed that she didn't want J.J. anymore, and the Woodcocks had nothing but love for their grandson entirely. They just wanted to keep them safe. Well, Kay Woodcock directed part of her statement at Lori, and she didn't hold back about who she believes Lori is. Lori is undeniably a monster. A monster that has taken away, taken any, has not taken any responsibility or shown an ounce of remorse for her vile actions. She deserves to never again breathe oxygen as a free member of society. Her actions, dismissive behavior, and disinterest in court proceedings continue to validate her lack of accountability and remorse or any possibility to be rehabilitated. Lori Cox Daybell is a danger to society. Her body and manipulative mind are weapons used for her selfish greed and satisfaction. We firmly believe that she has zero mental illness that drove her to commit these heinous acts. Rather, she is driven by her greed and need to be the center of attention. Kay Woodcock also spoke about her love for JJ and how he was just an innocent seven-year-old boy. Before I could take a step, Larry swooped him up in his arms, and at 11 months old, J.J. wrapped his tiny arms around Larry, laying his head on him. There it was, the connection. It was still so strong. We never lost that special connection with J.J. We were always in love, comfort, and safety. Powerful victim impact statements. But now after the victim impact statements and the recommendations from the prosecution and the defense, it was all up to Judge Stephen Boyce to deliver this sentence. And you remember when I talked about how he was paying careful attention to what Lori Vallow Daybell was saying and how she really didn't show any remorse? Listen to what the judge had to say. You killed those children, according to the state's theory, and I believe it, to remove them as obstacles and to profit financially. You justified all of this by going down a bizarre religious rabbit hole and clearly you are still down there. While you were enjoying your new life in Hawaii, countless law enforcement officers, family members, and volunteers were searching for your children. And I don't think to this day you have any remorse for the effort and heartache you caused for others who looked for your children when you knew where they were and knew they were dead. They were found dead, burned, mutilated, and dismembered, and buried like animals. After you knew they were dead, you collected public-funded assistance 
payments meant for them, and that was blood money you kept for yourself. The crime scene was a horrific thing to have to review, and there's images that I will never get out of my mind, and I'm just looking at the pictures. Law enforcement officers who had to deal with the aftermath of what you did, I'm sure were traumatized, and I know it was traumatic as well for the jurors who had to sit through and see the photographs of these dead and mutilated and buried children. And it is the most shocking thing really I can imagine is that a mother killed her own children and you simply have no remorse for it. Even sitting here today, there's no remorse for what you did. After all of this evidence through trial, you haven't shown any remorse. You haven't said you're sorry. You haven't done anything to seek leniency from this court. There's been a lot of people during trial and here who have explained the devastation you're responsible for and you've forever altered the lives, not in a good way for many, many people, destroying family relationships, taking people away that were loved, cared for and needed. Yep, he really didn't hold anything back. And he kind of spoke to what a lot of the people who've been following this trial felt. In fact, our reporter, Gigi McKelvey, who was on the ground, she said that some of the jurors in Lori Vallow-Daybell's case actually attended the sentencing. They weren't required to do so. They're not there to do anything. But they were so touched, apparently, by this case and affected by it, they wanted to see the outcome of their decision, finding Lori Vallow-Daybell guilty. But like I said, it was up to the judge to deliver this sentence. And here was his decision. The charge you were convicted of, the the first-degree murder of Tylee Ryan, you are sentenced to the custody of the State Board of Corrections to serve the maximum allowed sentence of fixed determinate term of life imprisonment with no possibility of parole. On count four, the charge of the first-degree murder of Joshua Jackson Vallow, you are sentenced to the custody of the State Board of Corrections to serve the maximum allowed sentence, a fixed determinate life imprisonment sentence with no possibility of parole. I'll next address the three conspiracy counts you've been convicted of and note under Idaho Code 1817-01, the punishment for those crimes is the same as the underlying offenses you combined to commit. One of the offenses you combined to commit was first degree murder, so those may be punishable also by imprisonment for life. Count one, the conspiracy to commit first degree murder of Tylee Ryan and grand theft by deception. You're sentenced to the custody of the State Board of Corrections to serve the maximum allowed sentence to fixed determinate term of life imprisonment with no possibility of parole. And count three, the conspiracy to commit first degree murder of Joshua Jackson Vallow and grand theft by deception. You're sentenced to the custody of the State Board of Corrections to serve the maximum allowed sentence, a fixed determinant term of life imprisonment with no possibility of parole. And on count five, the conspiracy to commit the first degree murder of Tamara Tammy Daybell, you're sentenced to the custody of the State Board of Corrections to serve the maximum allowed sentence, a fixed determinate term of life imprisonment with no possibility of parole. So aside from the financial penalties and the grand theft charges, 
the most serious charges, the murder and conspiracy charges, the judge threw the book at her, the absolute maximum. And to have these sentences run consecutively, meaning one life sentence after the other, that is a major statement and a major ruling from Judge Stephen Boyce. That means that Lori Vallow Daybell will never walk out of prison a free woman. She will die behind bars. And as a legal matter, after following this trial, I don't anticipate any significant issues for an appeal that would somehow throw these convictions or sentences out. I don't see it. Now, I will end on a personal note because I've been following this case for the last three or four years. And I will tell you, it has been incredibly difficult to follow. It has been so tough to listen to, hear what happened to these kids, hear what happened to Tammy. It's honestly one of the worst cases. I have ever covered on long crime. So for me, today was a bit cathartic. And in a way, and I believe this, I know that this is a major step forward for the families and the loved ones of Tylee, JJ, and Tammy. But now we will have to wait and see what happens next because the legal case for Lori's co-defendant, Chad Daybell, that's going to be coming up. That's all we have for you here on Sidebar, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jesse Weber. I'll speak to you next time. Thank you.